We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, what's going on, everybody? How you doing? Welcome to episode 499, Talk About Flow podcast, part of the Blue Wire Network. I'm your host, Patrick Moran. Today is, well, we're taping this Monday, but this is dropping Tuesday, November 1st. As always on Tuesdays, I'm joined by my good friend, writer, podcaster, sports media personality, Joe Yerdon, man. What's going on, buddy? How you doing? I'm doing great, Pat. It's, uh, it's, it's 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 the busy time of year isn't it it's this is it's fun right let me we're having let me, fun <laughs> let me declare something right off the bat here before we even jump into any sports talk okay it's november 1st so people we're technically we're taping this on halloween but this is dropping tuesday so it's november 1st mm-hmm. i am going to change a lifelong mindset that i've had this okay. year today in fact my whole life, my attitude adamantly has always been do not under any circumstances bring any Christmas shit to me until after the Thanksgiving holiday. No Christmas music, no Christmas decorations, no Christmas movies, no Hallmark mm-hmm. stuff, any of that stuff. I don't want any of it until Thanksgiving has properly uh, been celebrated. It's been my attitude my whole life, literally. I think that's going to change now, though. I oh. think I'm going to declare today, November 1st, as the official start, at least in the Moran household, to uh, Christmas season. It starts now. Okay. What do you think? Too early? <sighs> Dude, you're too busy to even wrap. <laughs> Joe's busy Listen, right now, by the way. November, He's too like- busy probably to wrap, even wrap his head around that shit. Dude, listen, November has, like, I, I've... October was a blur and now November's here. And I'm like, wait, what the hell, man? Like yeah. the, the time has gotten away from me. Listen, I, I can't, at some point you have to stop fighting the, the Christmas seasonal creep because it's a stupid fight to have. Cause I'm, I've always been of the standard of Thanksgiving's when it starts, but I mean, Jesus, I, it was the end of September. I saw Christmas stuff start to come out, which I'm just like, mm-hmm. no, no absolutely not no i was like we still have friggin halloween coming up in like a month and we're already moving on to christmas like come on no we're not doing that so like i'm not surprised like i mean there's no there's no like party favors and crap for thanksgiving so it's not like you can you know put out your thanksgiving decorations or any of that stuff usually that any decorations you have on thanksgiving are are basically handed down from from past generations yeah your great grandparents right you got the horn of plenty you got the you know all that stuff but um I don't know, man. I my my hang up on this goes back to when I was in radio because one of the stations I was in a radio you know cluster. There were seven stations under the roof, and one of the stations was the oldie station, which flipped to Christmas when it was Christmas time, all Christmas music all the time. Which cool, you know, whatever. People like that. So the, the, there was a day, and it was I want to say it was Veterans Day one year, and or like at least the the observed Veterans Day, like that Monday. And there was a rumor that one of the competing state, because there was, of course, you know, competing stations have competing Christmas stations because, you know, Lord knows you have to get all those Christmas music ratings, I guess. <laughs> but they would, uh, but like they had their ears ready in case, because if they heard Christmas music coming out of that other station, they were ready to flip everything 
like in a in a second, which I'm like, that's insane. So like everybody was really tensed up, really crazy, and they're just like, as soon as they do it, we gotta we gotta flip the switch. And then sure enough, the other station like it was like high noon. They're just like, all right, here comes Christmas time, and it's you know November 10th or something like that. And like I was watching all the engineers, all the techs, everybody going crazy all the salespeople because they had to you know they had to make sure the ads were in the right spot all that stuff and like even the djs djs you know on-air personalities were like okay we got to do this uh, it's gonna be crazy and i'm just like oh my god guys like relax like i mean if one station does it you can do it the next day and be ready for it it's fine but they're like no we have to do it right now and right i'm like get in there yeah oh god so like <laughs> like that stuff drives me crazy when I, when I see it, because it's basically as soon as one person, one, or in this case, one company, one business, one, whatever pushes the Christmas button, everybody goes. So the sooner somebody goes to push the button, the sooner everybody else goes to follow along. And I'm just like, at at some point it's going to be August and we're going to be like, Christmas is around the corner. And I'm going to like, just get out of my face, please. I've always gotten annoyed with premature Christmas celebratory stuff. And, uh, I don't know. It's not that I think Thanksgiving is a season. It's not. Thanksgiving is an event. It's a day. It's it's right. turkey. It's family and friends. And, right. and it's in this case, this year, it's the Buffalo Bills and the Detroit Lions. So that's not a season. That's a day. <laughs> right. I, I'll tell you, though. So this came about Sunday. And I don't know why. And I agree, man. I hate typically I hate like Halloween shit goes up in August. And I was at Big Lots. I was doing everything possible, by the way, Joe, on Sunday. Mm-hmm. to make the day go by faster. I don't know how you feel. How do you, how do you feel like right now? I right know this is kind of a, uh, it sounds like I'm being funny with you. I sort of am, but I'm also not. You're a Detroit Lions fan. Everybody knows that. You right. really don't have a lot of Sunday and Monday night football games to really have to worry about no. when it comes to Detroit Lions. because They're not on prime time all no. that much. Anyway, when they are on that occasion, or even if they're not, if there's just a game you're really looking forward to seeing, I hate when the Bills – I wish the Bills played every week at 1 o'clock on Sunday. I hate when the Bills play a, a Sunday night football game. It's just, man – I mean, it is cool to be able to watch the red zone and, you know, right. watch a bunch of different games because when the Bills are on, you're not doing that, of course. Right. But, God, man, I was doing everything possible. I got up. I was running errands. I went out with my wife. We went out to, like, three or four different stores. Everything possible just to make the day go by faster, and it just doesn't work. It feels like mm-hmm. it takes – forever but anyway big lots so one of the places i went to was big lots and again typically i'm like get this shit out it's way too early they have big lots like maybe a third of their store right now at least the one in west seneca is dedicated to christmas decorations all the fake trees are up all the uh the outside lights are up all kinds of stuff but, but i'm walking through i'm like i don't know for some reason it just kind of struck me this year i'm like i think i'm feeling this man i i went home i asked my son i said when can we put up shit <laughs> he told me mid-November. It kind of feels like probably a little more. I agree, I agree with him. I agree yeah. with him. A little yeah. too early right now, November 1st? Uh, yes. Uh, be, I mean, look at the weather outside. <laughs> it's not it's, it's not frightful. It's not <laughs> it's not cold and delightful. Like I mean, it's 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 none of that stuff. It's not we're, we're not letting anything snow right now. So, I can't I mean, believe I'm talking to you about Christmas when it's like literally as we're taping this, it's getting ready to be I, Halloween night. You know what? I can't believe it either because I trounced your ass in every Chris in the Christmas. Yeah, you shouldn't. I should have so ruined the holiday for you. You did last year. Every Christmas, but we did Christmas polls for like each week you, in December and I beat your face in. You really did. It was, it was embarrassing. <laughs> I have to look now. Now, because you said that impromptu here, I, I have to look. Yeah. I think it was like, it was like three or four weeks. I think it was. Uh, we did. We did three in a row and okay. you went three and oh against me. And I'm talking they about the 35 draft that Joe close. and I do. They weren't close either. No. One of them was respectable. The other two were embarrassing. We did Christmas characters, and you beat me that week 58% to 42%, which far and away was the closest of the three, by the way. Mm-hmm. And then we did Christmas songs, and you pulled 70% of the vote. And then we did Christmas movies, which was, that might be, I'm looking right now. It's one of the biggest. I think it is the biggest blowout that we've ever had in the history of our poll. And again, we've done over like 55 of these, more than a year's worth of these we've done. Yes. You pulled 89% of the vote that year. You won or that week, you won 89% to 11, which last year I binged Christmas movies. I watched like 25 Christmas movies for the first time. So all that research (laughs) did nothing. So you're right. I should hate Christmas because of you. Right. But 
I'm going to give it another goal this year, man. <laughs> but I, well, the, the thing I was happiest about was you're like, you're like, dude, I'm ready for this poll. The, you know, I've been watching all these movies. I was like, dude, you're going to have too many crappy movies stuck in your head. When I we do this. And, you and that was completely the case. So yeah. like, I saw this one the other day. It was, uh, this is, I liked it. It was really good. And I'm like, dude, nobody's heard of that movie. Like, yeah. what are you doing? We got to bring the starting five draft back soon. I kind of missed that. It, it, it was something to talk about every week. Not just when we do the draft, but right. uh, also on Twitter, a lot of people, mainly at my expense with that. We have so fun with that. We'll bring that soon. We'll bring that back soon. There's just, but we can't because there's so much good sports stuff going on now. We can't, we, we can't just be like, well, let's stop talking about how great the bills are or, you know, how fun the Sabres are. We, we, we got to do a poll of, uh, I don't know, right. Best bar food or something like that. Well, speaking of sports stuff, did you enjoy being a Buffalo bills fan for one week? By the way, I noticed in uh our little video set up here, if you're watching this on YouTube, by the way, make sure you subscribe at that like button. If you are, that little red mini Bills helmet, I, I do not see it anymore. Nope, it's gone. So you weren't lying when you I, said you were a Bills fan for one week. I, I, listen, I I had to word my tweet very carefully the night of the game because I was going to say here uh, it's like for one for one day only, go Bills. And I was like, no, 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 because that will get copied and screen captured and used against <laughs> me on Thanksgiving, like you wouldn't believe. So I was like, no, I have to put the date, everything, just to make it very clear that day only that no other date just that one i have you know i get to say go bills so but it was funny though because like um uh i i stopped uh, i stopped by uh, a place near me for like a nightcap and people are there they're like they're like oh about that game and i go yeah i was like i wish they beat them by like you know 50 more points that would have been cool and then people were just like yeah go bills i was like yeah go bills for Where'd like you watch the game one more hour uh i watched it over at uh anchor bar on maple uh, with with a few friends, so it was okay. not a bad spot. Like it's, it's relatively quiet there, honestly, because I think people get spooked by the hours because it says it closes at ten, but they're not closing when there's a Bills game on. So, like, but it, but it was it was a good spot to be, and uh, you know it's nice. And you know there's all you know there was one guy there that was probably a little bit too a uh, few too many cold pops into the night and was he was coming around talking to everybody at the tables. So oh, uh, yeah, those was, which was interesting. I, I, I don't know. He he did a double take when he's, he's like, what do you mean you're not a Bills fan? I go, I'm a Lions fan. And he's like, oh, dude. And I'm like, yeah, I know. Just go away. Please leave me alone. <laughs> I um, I watched the game with my son. Stayed home. Nice. Didn't go out anywhere. Just watched it with my son. Relaxed. I was, again, I was impatient all day waiting for the game to start. But I also had this like weird calmness going into the game, which I, I don't like that. I I wanted to believe that Green Bay was uh, that don't believe the hype. You know, the hype was that Green Bay's nowhere near as good as Buffalo, that this was the game where Aaron Rodgers was going to play like the two-time reigning MVP and everything was going to come together. Obviously, that never materialized. You know, before we even talk about the Bills, let me ask you this. Are you surprised that the Packers approached that game in such a, you know, I don't really know any other way to say it. It was like in a cowardly kind of manner, man. I mean, they they get down three scores, mm-hmm. and they're still pounding the football. They're running the football. It's like they threw in the white flag on the passing game. Now, look, I get it. Receivers are hurt, and they're not that good when they're healthy, okay? They're, the Bills have a good pass rush. And the Green Bay Packers were missing one offensive lineman anyway. But it was like, again, you have one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play the game. And I hate Aaron Rodgers as a human being, I think, almost as much as you do, which is saying a lot. Welcome, but, to, welcome to the party, pal. Right. But he is still Aaron Rodgers, man. He's a game-changing quarterback. And it's one thing, if you're getting up on the Bills or if you're going to come out and try to establish the run early, mm-hmm. shorten the game, I get it. But yo, it's 24 to 7. You go into the locker room at halftime and your strategy is to come out and just run the football and run it some more and run it some more and short pass, quick screen, run, 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 run. They finally they got a field goal out of that long, like 12 play drive or whatever. Like they start eight, the third quarter. In a drive or something. Yeah. And then the Bills come right back and march on the field and they and they got the field goal right back. Yeah. It's like, all right, open it up now. You're down three scores. It just it felt like a very cowardly. Game plan. Jay Skirsky of the Buffalo News put a tweet out. I want to make sure I read this because this is how little the Bills were worried about Green Bay running the football. Mm-hmm. Jay said the Bills played nickel defense the whole game last night. Talking about Sunday night. Teron Johnson played all 66 snaps. 
even when the Packers use 22 personnel, which is two running backs in two tight ends, that means two things. One, they trust Johnson 100%, and they weren't particularly worried about giving up rushing yards. Mm-hmm. That's the game in a nutshell. I mean, where was the aggression? On the on the rare occasions where they did air it out, I thought Green Bay had some success, but it was like, it, was Aaron Rodgers afraid to get hit? I, I just, was he afraid to, to potentially throw in more interceptions? I don't know what it was. But before we even talk about the Bills, Joe, what was your take on just how Green Bay approached that game? Maybe I got it all wrong. Maybe that's the way you should play the Bills. What, what do you think? It just felt really weird. I, I understand where they're coming from because you want to chew up clock against the team that can score, you know, in three plays. Like, you know, I mean, it's, it's a lot how teams played against the Bills in the 90s because, you know, they played the K-Gun offense. They sure. know, rushed, rushed to the line. They were just, you know, get, get on and off the field in, in no time, and you, they've give, you know, you're giving up a touchdown. I understand wanting to do that uh, to just kind of grind it to a halt, try to keep it close, and stay within that. But you when know, you're down three scores, though, in the second half, scores you got to make an adjustment. Although it, it's tough to it's tough to change your mind on that when you're running backs pulling off nine, you know, eight, nine, ten yards of carry, just because the Bills are like, yeah, whatever, dude, keep running. Like we don't care. You want to chew up clock, great. You're doing doing the job for us. Because um, I mean, you know, listen, I mean, that's how they want to get back in the game. Let them. Uh, so I, 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 I can get it kind of from green Bay's side of it, but also the bills are like, yeah, whatever, dude, just run. Like, I mean, you know, they're daring them to pass and they're just, they're, they're just like, you know, saying, go ahead. Yeah. We'll, we'll let you run all game, lose all that time. You're not going to be able to come back. And, you know, unless something really stupid happens, then well, whatever, we'll, we'll still, we'll still take care of it in the end. Anyways, if you're protecting a lead, I get it. If you're in a close one score game in the second half and you're playing a team that on paper is better, I get it. Mm-hmm. I truly do. Vaughn yeah. Miller said after the game, I was like, he said, this is a direct quote. I was like, Hey, y'all got to pass the ball. Right. He was, <laughs> he was just expressing shock that mm-hmm. they were the bills mindset was, all right, we're going to keep our, our, uh, our personnel out there with a nickel back. They play an extra defensive right. back. They weren't going to put in a third line back. They're like, all right, you can rip off some yards, but are you going to finish the drive? When are you going to get a holding penalty? When are you going to make a mistake? Mm-hmm. And that happened, you know, several times with the yep. Packers. It's just, I don't know. It was a it was a really weird game because if you would have told me, Joe, Joe, I know this because we talked a lot during the summer. We kept talking about how daunting on paper the Bills' first seven games looked like, mm-hmm. you know. And if you would have told me in the beginning of September the Bills are going to beat the Packers by double digits, I would have jumped out of my chair and signed that contract right then and there, and I would have been thrilled mm-hmm. to do it. However, it's weird. Has the bar been raised so high with the Buffalo Bills right now that you go on national TV, the whole nation is watching, you win, again, 10 points is not a lot, but it's still double digits. It's still two scores. And this was also a game, and I know you know this, it was never, the Bills were never in jeopardy of losing this game. It never felt like, oh no, this this could get really dangerous right now. Mm -hmm. All that said, though, I don't know, I kind of felt, a little bit empty. Maybe you being a one week Buffalo Bills fan here, you <laughs> wanted to see Green Bay just get pounded and embarrassed. Yep. Didn't I feel like they wasted an opportunity? Not that it matters because, you know, they're six and one and they're six and one, whether they win 50 to three or whether they win 10 to three, they're right. still six and one. It just felt a little, yeah. Like after the game, I almost, it, it didn't even feel that much like a big victory to me. Like I thought it would, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah, no, I, I get where you're coming from just because, I mean, it is, it's a game you walk into knowing you're going to win, right? Hands down. I know there's a handful of people that are, I don't know, it's still Aaron Rodgers. He might do something. It's like, no, this is a, it's got, what, whatever quarterback was playing last night is a shadow of what Aaron Rodgers used to be, mm-hmm. as far as I'm concerned. Like that, I mean, he throws what? He threw what? Two really good balls. And like, you know, that the uh the one touchdown. Dobbs, we had I mean, great play. That's, man. A, that's an unbelievable catch. catch. And like it, you know, Rogers puts it in the one place where only Dobbs is gonna get it. Great play. You know, like I mean, but I mean he's got it, but he would have to do that five more times to to even threaten the Bills. Because again, if you're gonna keep, you know, if if you're you right. all over the place and you know don't chew up any clock and you keep letting the Bills offense go out, you're you're gonna get burned. Like that's flat out. And I mean, Allen. Listen, Allen didn't have a good game at all. It was not the second half. That's for damn sure. Well, it, there was a hint at it on the very the very first drive that that pass that he just kind of threw up there, 
and almost got, I think, was it Alexander? I think Alexander almost caught it and just like hit, it hit off his hands and goes on the ground or whatever. I forget who it was, but, um, but it's like, but that was like a, uh, you know, it's, it's Allen rolling out and you're just like, oh, he's got a guy, he's got a guy deep and then he throws it and it just kind of rainbowed in there. And it's like, oh no, there, anybody could camp under that one. That was, it might've been one of the worst passes, including any inter- interception he's ever thrown. It might've been one of the worst balls I've ever seen him throw. I, yeah. I mean, you know, they're, you know, not, you know, not having an injury or not having anything going on or whatever. Cause you know, I think of that, uh, the one play against Miami this year, like the, uh, that would have been the easy, the easy score where he just like, you know, duffed it into the ground or whatever. Yeah. Tim, I can't tell on fourth down too. That was Isaiah yeah. McKenzie. He was wide so, open. He just right. didn't get anything on it. So, I mean, so like it, it, you know, it functioned like an arm punt kind of, but it wasn't a turnover on downs. It's just, you could have just handed the ball right to right to Green Bay on the you know opening drive right there. It was kind of like I wonder what's going on, and um, you know it it seemed pretty clear last night that they told Allen do not run, like do not take that ball and run if it's you know you know just kind of a silly situation where we don't need it. Sure, just you know sit back on it, try to make that pass, and, and felt see that it. way, right? So, um, so good point. I, I mean, I get it. I, I get it, but also it's just I don't know, man. Like it, you, you walk away with the win, but I get feeling kind of crappy about it just because it's like it's like, oh man, I thought they were gonna put forty on these clowns, and then you know they don't. But like, you know, dub's a dub, you know. I was I was salivating a little bit at one point because it, it did it did look like the Bills were going to drop forty to fifty on them, mm-hmm. and there was pictures of images of Aaron Rodgers on the bench by himself, just looking miserable. You well, know, and I wanted that at any point in the game. <laughs> yeah, I wanted a big Bills blowout. I wanted Jordan Love in the game for Green Bay because it was out of reach for them. And I wanted Aaron Rodgers looking miserable on the bench. That's what I was hoping to get. Maybe that's why I kind of felt a little bit empty mm-hmm. about this win. But look, when it comes to Josh Allen, it's okay to, and, and I call it, I don't want to say I caught shit because I think for the most part, people agree. They just don't like to hear it. They don't like to right. read it, even if it's right. true. It's okay to criticize a player's performance on mm-hmm. a specific night, man. And don't make you no hater. I I think through the first eight game or eight weeks of the season, I think Josh Allen, if the MVP ballot was cast today, I think it would be almost near unanimous. Jalen Hurts mm-hmm. will get some votes, but I think Josh Allen absolutely wins MVP right now mm-hmm. if uh, if the season ended. He's been the MVP, quite possibly the best player in the NFL so far this year. And by the way, the Bills have beaten some pretty good teams. You know what I mean? Uh, you mm-hmm. look at the most NFL power rankings, the Bills have beaten at least three or four teams that are on that top 10. Mm-hmm. Anyway, again, they win by double digits, despite him, quite frankly, being uncharacteristically bad. I mean, those, yeah. and you brought up a good point because I think you have something to this. He might've been told, don't take off and run that football. I Maybe he was told that maybe he just decided that he wasn't going to do right. it. Because both of those, the one of those interceptions, I'm like, what the hell are you doing? Why did you, mm-hmm. why did you not run? Right. Um, another one, it wasn't an interception. It was an overthrow to Kumaro where he could have easily yep. just ran for it. I mean, it was an eligible guy downfield because I think he was supposed to run, which kind of yeah. tells you the guy was blocking downfield. It just, you cannot have two inexcusably bad interceptions like Josh Allen did in the second half and make some mm-hmm. of these bad decisions and get away with it all the time. Yeah, and uh, no matter how good you are against a different team, if that was the Chiefs, might have been a different outcome in mm-hmm. the game. And I get it. Look, man, I, I'm not concerned about Josh Allen. I got right. literally zero concern about him. He'll learn. Yeah. He'll get better because of it in different situations. The great ones do that, but that could have been costly on, on Sunday night. Josh yeah. Allen, this was his worst half of fo- football by far that second half. Yeah, and I, I do. Ha- I, I just thought of this now. A couple of times he ran in the first half. He took a couple of good pops. Yeah, like, uh, that twenty yard run where he almost ran it in. He almost ran it in for a touchdown. He took a pretty heavy, pretty sure heavy did. in there. Yep. Um, and I, I wonder if at that point, the, you know, he get get back to silent. Hey, great job. It's like major league. Hey, great job. Don't ever fucking do it again. Nice catch, Hayes. Don't yeah. ever fucking do it again. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, it, 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 I mean, geez. It, Green Bay seemed to be – they were ready to anticipate him running defensively because it was pretty good. The Kumaro play that you're talking about, uh, I love the replay that they had uh, from behind Allen showing him like rolling out and you see Kumaro kind of take off you know, up the sideline. You're like, oh, okay, the dude's wide open. Um, and you're like, well, he probably could have ran there. 
And right before he threw it, you you see like a couple guys chase him, but then somebody shook off the blocker or you know player in front of him, and suddenly there's three guys getting ready to converge on him, and you're like, oh, okay, that's why he doesn't run the ball there. I mean, it, could he juke him? Sure, right, probably, probably, maybe. Like, I mean, who knows? But when it's three guys standing standing in your way, you're it, you're probably the better move there is to just kind of eat it or I don't know, complete the pass, right? but. It, you know, it, it's things like that where you take a couple of hits early and then maybe you're just kind of like, yeah, this this game ain't worth doing that. You know, it's right. like, try to run around and be crazy with it because it's, I mean, listen, with all the trash that was being talked by everybody, I mean, I'm not saying Green Bay was going to cheap shot anybody. They certainly weren't going to do that. But if you got a, if you get a free shot at somebody and they got the ball, you're probably, you're going to take that. Sure. You're going to take that shot. So, uh, you know, and listen, I'm not going to give Green Bay any credit for anything. Un- under no circumstances do I have to hand it to them. Uh, but like, wow. you know, I, I I get not wanting to kind of, you know, give your guys opportunities to to be in a position to take some take some unnecessary hits. Sure. And look, man, I'm being nitpicky about the Bills, although a lot of it is warranted. They did score 24 points in the first half, but when the game was not, you know. And the game was still in doubt to some extent, if it ever was. The Bills' offense looked plenty good. They scored 24 yeah. points and a half. Okay, mm-hmm. I, I think they took their foot off the gas in the second half, and 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 it cost them a little bit. Um, there's things to bitch about. Again, the, the I think the bar is so high right now with this football team that when you go out and you only beat a team like Green Bay by 10, you kind of mm-hmm. got some issues. The defense did not tackle well. If there's been one problem with the Bills this year besides their own self-inflicted errors, which seems mm-hmm. to be a problem at times. They turned the ball over four times against the Rams. Didn't yeah. matter. Still won by three touchdowns. But right. point being is they shoot themselves in the foot a lot. The, the tackling, they miss a lot of tackles, man. And I like Tremaine Edmonds this year. Mm-hmm. I, again, he's a very hot topic guy with, when it comes to the Bills. Yeah. I thought he sucked on Sunday night. I thought he was horrible. He was not getting off blocks. He was making his t- – he had a career-high 16 tackles. Well, guess what? I bet you 13 of them were eight yards or, or – Farther behind from the line of scrimmage. He was right. shooting the wrong gaps. I thought he was terrible. Shit happens, though. But I keep coming back to this, Joe. If I'm a Green Bay fan, I'm pissed. I look at it this way. Josh Allen is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Aaron Rodgers might not be what he was, but guess what? 12 months ago, 10 months ago, Aaron Rodgers was the MVP of the National Football League. Less mm-hmm. than a year ago. And I get it. If Stefan Diggs and Gabe Davis and Isaiah McKenzie were all hurt and they weren't playing, because that's basically what was happening with the Packers receiving yep. court. And you had Shakir and, and uh, Jake Kumaro and whoever the hell's, I don't give a shit. Isaiah Hodges, name somebody, I don't really give a shit. <laughs> My point is this, and you got a quarterback as talented as Josh Allen, and mm-hmm. you're down three scores against the Green Bay Packers at Lambeau Field, and you're just pounding Singletary and Cook and, and Zach Moss time and time and time again because you're having some mm-hmm. success running the ball, but you're down three scores. I'd be losing my goddamn mind. Yeah. Like, where is the sense of urgency? Mm-hmm. There was none with the Packers. I'll tell you, they're done. They're done this year. Yeah. They're done. I didn't, I, I I'm telling you, two score loss to the Jets at Lambeau Field told me enough about them. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned. And uh, honestly, how much of the Green Bay not throwing the ball is Rodgers being a total weirdo who never trusts his receivers? So when you get further down the depth chart, he's like, uh uh-uh, uh, nope. Like I don't trust any of these guys to to make a play for me. So whatever. You know, like I'll throw it up there, you know, once every now and again, but like I don't I, you know, whatever. I'm not gonna I can't I can't get down with these guys. I mean it's, it's I mean he's a, he's that type of weirdo who would be like that. It's just, you know, Green Bay never gave him a, a top receiver for so long, and now he's just kind of like indifferent. He's like, yeah, whatever. Like they brought Randall Cobb back. Like after what three years in Dallas or whatever it was, three four years in Dallas, and then was like this dude's next to done. And I mean, he's out. He's you know he's out injured, but like that's the dude you got to bring back as like a security blanket for him. Like, come on, man. You know what I? I you look at the Packers right now, and you realize sometimes you see these big, sexy, juicy, meaty trades in the off season. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh goddamn. You look at a like Seattle. They yeah. won that trade with Russ Wilson. Denver is going to be paying a lot of money for a guy who's not a good quarterback anymore. And Seattle got a lot for him in terms of draft capital and cap relief. Right. That's a win. Mm-hmm. You look at Green Bay and trading Devontae Adams to the Raiders. That was a double L. Yeah. Everybody lost. The Packers are not the same team. Aaron Rodgers is not the same quarterback without Devontae Adams. And we found that out. Devontae Adams is not the same wide receiver without Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. Mm-hmm. And we found that out. He already is unhappy with the Raiders. He would do anything, I'm sure, to be back 
with Green Bay right now. Just sometimes you got to be careful making that big splashy move. That can backfire, man. I that's why I think the Packers are toast. I just who's going to help them? Who's going to come in and help this offense? Alan Lazard make that much of a difference because he was out? No, no. You know, you, so who was uh who was like the that one tight end he kept throwing to all night? What's his name? Rob Tunyon. Yeah, Robert Tunyon. Tunyon like. Pretty that's, good. That's, yeah. that's your security blanket. Like, but it's like, it's all five yard outs and five yard. Right. Outs, yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah, like, we'll yeah for sure. One last thing about this game too. So I, I got to say this, cause it, you could say this almost every game this year. If you're a bills fan, especially, I mean, you got to Josh Allen and Josh does what Josh Allen does and Stefan Diggs. What, what more can you say about this guy at this point? Mm-hmm. Vaughn Miller always finds a way to make an impact, which by the way, that fourth down run where they stopped him on fourth and one, he literally took the, mm-hmm. the right tackle and drove him yeah. into the running back in the backfield. That's what made that play. But anyway, you come to expect it. You know what you're going to get with those guys. You're not. You're an. You're an observer. Although you were a Bills fan for this game anyway. But <laughs> Matt Milano, dude, this guy is such a good football player. He's mm-hmm. always around the ball. He makes these tough physical tackles. He's playing at an all pro level this year. Yeah. And again, you got Vaughn, you got Stefan, you got Josh. I'm gonna tell you right now, there's not many linebackers in the NFL, as far as I know, anyway, from what I've seen, that are playing better football than Matt Milano. This is a Matt Milano appreciation podcast episode today because. This guy's just balling, man. He's been one of the best linebackers in the league. He was sensational again on Sunday night. Yeah, he. Uh, I mean, he's impressed every week. I mean, he's he's everywhere. It's it, he's in pass coverage. He's run stop, and he's doing like all the, the stuff you want from your from your top linebacker. I think it's every everything that people want to see out of Tremaine Edmonds, but you know, it, it just doesn't happen that much. Or no, does it? Like, I mean, you know, I don't. I don't ever think of. I don't ever think of of Edmonds in coverage being you know a guy that's going to be able to take out a tight end or, you know, pick up a receiver going across the middle or whatever. Milano does though, because he's, he's good at reading the quarterback. He's good at reading the plays straight up out of the backfield. Like he, he knows where that play is going almost instantaneously. So, and he's, he's never in the wrong spot either. Like he just seems to be right where he, right where the play is going to be, where the play is going to go. He seems to know where it's, where it's at. And man, oh man, it's, it's, and like I know he took like a he took like a team friendly deal to come back. What last year was it? Before last two years, season? two, two years. That was before last season. Correct. This okay. is year two of his deal. Yeah. So it's you know, but he's a guy who can who can absolutely cash in when when that deal's. I don't know if it's up this year or next year. He's got like, two more years after this. Yeah. yeah he's, so getting, he's in line to get another raise the way he's playing. Yeah. I mean, um, it's he's just it's really impressive to see how he's done, especially from the get go because he was always. He was, he was always, he was like the backup guy for like the first year or two. And he'd get like, a, you know, every few snaps or something like that, you'd see him like, okay, that's a good play. Then there'd be a play where it's not so good. And you're like, okay, well, it's the ups and downs with this guy. But once he started getting more time and he put, he put a lot of work into his game too, he's just gotten better and better each year. It's, it's really, it's really impressive to see a guy like that step up and, you know, really kind of jump up into it and become a, become a guy uh, on the defense. Cause you know what? outside of Buffalo, people aren't normally thinking about him, but if they're, you know, if your favorite team's playing against Buffalo and you, you hear the announcers just going nuts about him, you're like, who the hell's this guy? And it's like, no, he's been awesome all season long. And you're like, wow. Okay. Well, how about it? Why do I never hear about this guy? And it's like, well, now you do. I think you're going to for sure yeah. when the season's over. Cause I think he's going to get some pro bowl and potentially some, uh, all pro accolades. Wait, but anyway, I'm going to take a real quick break. Are we going to be caring about the pro bowl? There isn't year. even a Pro Bowl anymore, by the way. Right. Well, I know, but like, well, the otter. I, I mean, I, I guess. I, <laughs> I just remember all the BS last year. People crying about, you know, Poyer and and, and make a hide not going to the right. Pro Bowl. I was like, oh, come on, man. Like, I get it. I do. <laughs> I, uh, they, they get so far down the list that like you and I get the call for the Pro Bowl. You know, like, <laughs> it's like, hey, man, we're we're going to Hawaii. Great. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Sports fans who like to wager, I'm here to tell you about OddsTrader, the number one site for all your game day bets. If you're looking for a one-stop space on these interwebs to compare odds live up to the minute, look no further than OddsTrader. Why is OddsTrader so valuable to you? Well, for starters, it's the perfect place to compare betting odds and lines from all the major sports books. Why does that matter? Well, it matters because if you're liking a team, you want to throw down some cash on them, you're getting your choice of what's getting you the best odds, the best lines. It's a chance to find the highest payouts if you're betting on the underdogs or whether you're profiting the most if you're going with the favorites. Odds Trader also allows you to compare all the different signup codes and promos from the sports books so that you can get the best deal out there for you. If that's not enough, Odds Trader, the app, also gives you player stats, key game stats, injury reports, projected game day weather, which by the way, that could be a huge thing to know in certain situations. Odds Trader also has a betting tracker so they can keep records of all your games that you have wagers on and all your betting activity. Simply put, Odds Trader gives you quite literally everything you need to make the most informed bets humanly possible. If you're in this betting on sports games, any sport by the way, make sure you go to oddstrader.com slash bluewire. Again, that's oddstrader.com dot com slash blue wire odds trader the number one site for all your game day bets back here with joe yard and by the way so we are taping this on monday afternoon the nfl trade deadline is 4 p.m on tuesday you're probably listening to this sometime early-ish on tuesday as of this recording There's been no big trades around the NFL as of this recording. I think there's a decent chance that the Bills make a move before Mm -hmm. Tuesday. I know running back is the hot topic right now, and there was a report from Jay Glazier, a very credible insider, that the Bills were calling interested in Alvin Kamara, but the Saints don't want to deal him, so I I don't expect anything to come of that. Mm -hmm. Real quick, before we move on to uh, at least a couple minutes of Sabres talk here, based on so Micah Hyde's out for the year, but they've known that all season. And I think DeMar Hamlin, for the most part, at worst, he's been sufficient. And at times, he's been really good. I think he's – the Bills haven't missed a beat with with Hyde out. Mm-hmm. As crazy as that, that sounds because Micah yeah. Hyde is such a great safety. But they've been fine. Jordan Poyer has been battling injuries all year. He had an elbow injury, uh, the ribs. Now he's hurt his elbow again. He left the game on Monday. He's having an MRI. We're taping this on Monday. We still, as of this recording, do not know the results. I would surmise, Joe, that if I'm Brandon Bean right now, maybe even more so than a running back, mm-hmm. and I don't have any specific players in mind. I know there's some out there that do. So mm-hmm. without naming a specific player, I would not be surprised at all, and I certainly wouldn't be upset if the Bills find a safety to trade for. Because if Jordan Poyer is going to be out, I'm fine with Hamlin and Poyer. I'm mm-hmm. not fine with Hamlin and Jaquan Johnson, two young kids back there. We saw it against Miami. It's the only time that's happened uh, this year. Don't want to have to live with that down the stretch. And I know Trey Wood will be back, but still, you want to have at least one of your two safeties to have more experience. Jaquan Johnson is a very aggressive defender, but he also mm-hmm. is, uh, you know, he he's the kind of guy who'll get beat. And I don't want to see that. So I hope that the Bills, if they make any trade right now, I would prefer for it to be a safety. And I do think running back is still a possibility. They ran the ball very well in the first half against Green Bay, kind of slowed down in the second half. Mm-hmm. James Cook looked pretty good. But I think the, the mindset might be I if something happens to Singletary down the road, down the stretch, I don't think that they want to entrust the entire running game to a rookie. That's just right. how I feel. So I can still see a running back. Do you – uh? See anything going on in the next uh, what twenty four hours or so as we as we tape this? Football's different now too. It used yeah. to be there never used to be trades. Right. Now it's kind of becoming like hockey and, and mm-hmm. baseball where there's movement deadline day. Yeah, I 
I remember last year where everybody was like, they need to pick up another lineman. Mm-hmm. They have to add another lineman because they need help because guys were banged up and, and you know, their things were looking a little spotty in some spots and they didn't move. They didn't make a move for a lineman uh, on, or an old lineman. Like they didn't just stayed away from it. I wonder if that would be the case this time. There's a very obvious need for to, to make sure your safety position is is covered because I, I imagine they're going to know what how Poyer is before deadline before the deadline hits, I imagine sure. without it, they probably already know what it is now, I would bet. Uh, so I, I would, I would expect them to be after a safety. I think, I, I think it's too much of a, it's too much of a need and too much playing without a net, you know, high wire act without a net with, you know, sure. you know cause you're, you're talking about putting, you know, rookie guys, you know, young guys back there, which, Hey, they're playing great. And McDermott and Frazier are great at finding, D-backs and safeties and coaching them up like they're absolutely there. That is one of the biggest strengths that those guys have, uh, you know, coaching wise, like they are just so good at finding guys that have the talent and that goes to bean too. Like they find the guys that have the talent and you have the coaches that can take guys that are already at a pretty good level and then coaching them up and bringing them up a little bit more. But if you get to a point where, you know, say Poyer's out for a, for a while, and one of these other guys gets banged up, then you're talking picking up some dude off, you know, somebody's practice squad or, you know, something yeah. like that where you don't, might not know what you're, you're going to There's trouble if Poyer's out. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, especially because, you know, I mean, they're going to get Trey White back eventually, whenever that is. Uh, so, I mean, that's great for the corner position. I mean, absolutely a need. You know, Dane Jackson's played great. Tara Johnson's look good. But, those guys can, are really good because they know they got guys behind them that can take care of business. Yep. So, and if you got rookies back there, again, this isn't a team that, you know, does, you know, has like pockets where, the, you know, there's some guys that are just going to, I don't know, I don't, you know, I don't trust this guy or the, you know, this guy kind of sucks. So whatever these guys believe in each other. And it's, it's very obvious watching, you know, both sides of the ball, especially on defense, but you're talking really young players back there who you don't totally know, you, like, you know, and you don't really have an honest to God scouting report on them either because you don't, you know, you don't know how they're going to handle, you know, if they got to try to corral some, you know, some deep wide out or something like that. Like, you know, I, I just think about, you know, when they play Miami in December, you know, and again, you know, forget all two and nonsense. That offense is really freaking good. And Waddle and Tyree. Dangerous. <laughs> yeah. Like it's those guys. And if they see two, you know, green safeties out there, I, you know, you can coach them up, but like the talent is going to overwhelm you with that. Sure. Yeah. I a hundred percent agree, man. I look, I'm going to, we'll know people again are listening to this. Hopefully sometime on Tuesday, the bills might've made a trade already. Mm -hmm. Um, I would be surprised if they don't make at least one trade, whether it's running back or whether it's safety, maybe it's both or maybe Mm -hmm. an offensive tackle something i would be shocked if the bills stand pat i wouldn't be surprised to see the chiefs or the dolphins try to add a good pass rusher Mm -hmm. just like when the bills had to get vaughn miller to help them get past the hump that they perceive that they need to be kansas city Mm -hmm. there's probably teams out there thinking right now well we got to do a better job of getting after josh allen yeah that's how we're going to beat the bills so i think other teams in the conference that consider themselves contenders are going to uh make some kind of move in these next 24 hours. And I hope that the bills do a little something to keep up with the Jones. If if not now, then when, when, I mean, this team's as good as anyone in the NFL, why not add to it when you get a chance? Yeah. And I, I mean, I look at what the Rams did last year and bringing in Von Miller, you know, but like Mm -hmm. they're, they're in a different spot because that was, you know, the team was a little bit older, you know, you got Stafford, you don't know how long, how much longer you're going to have him for your team is already really good, but you knew if you added, a guy like that to your team. And like, they made a couple of really big moves and just, you know, basically mortgaged the next few years of, of draft picks to make sure that they got the guys and they could win the Super Bowl. And they did it. Like, that's the, you know, that's the point that they were in the bills. I think in, in everybody's mind are, are in that, that kind of position, but they're not going to mortgage picks away. They're not going to just hand out, you know, give out a giant, you know, make a giant right. trade to get a guy to be like, this will put us, this will put us clearly over the top. And then, you know, okay, you win it. I mean, obviously winning it would be vitally important and nobody would give a shit about any draft picks given up if, if you know, if it gets you a Super Bowl win. So I, I get that point of it, but that's not quite how this group 
operates because they don't they don't want to just pitch it away, you know, pitch away, you know, future, you know, have future weakness because they, you know, they went out and made, you know, some giant, giant move that again, it might put you over the top, but if it doesn't, you know, you're not really looking at, you know, being able to get that help from within that you, that they've been very good about creating sure. in the past. So I, I don't know. I, I think it's one of those, you know, damned if you do damned, if you don't things for the bills. Uh, but I mean, for me, if it's if I if I'm being safety's safety's the the spot I'm tr- going to try to address. Running back, I don't, I don't know. People hate the running back situation for whatever it is, and it seems like every time Devin Singletary, it's like his job might be in danger. He just has a really good game, and you're like, oh well, forget it, never mind. Yeah, you're like you can live with him. Yeah. I will say though, when I heard that report from Jay Glazier, I just thought in my mind, I'm like, and I don't think it's going to happen because I I think they'll want too much. Plus, I think the Saints winning on Sunday. And, and they're playing in a horrible NFC South. Yeah. Like, they literally could very easily win that division. Because I think yep. 8 and 9 might win that division. 10 mm. and 7 is a lot to win that division this year. But anyway, I think the Saints winning hurt any small chance of that deal happening. But also, also Ingram got hurt, too. And Ingram got hurt, yes. Like, so you're pretty much. degree MCL sprain. So that's. You're, you're a, yeah, he's out three to four weeks minimum. And then you trade Kamara. If you're a Saints fan, you're like, all right, so you're just throwing in the towel on a season and, and playing in a very bad division. That said, though, <laughs> I can't. If Alvin Kamara joined the Buffalo Bills in that offense, it would almost be unfair. It would, would be say- unfair. I, you got to be shitting me right now. Demon Singletary is a nice player, but if you put Alvin Kamara in this Bills offense with Diggs and Gabe Davis and Knox and Josh Allen, I mean, come on. Are I, uh, <laughs> kidding me. The the biggest weakness right now for the Bills offense is anything inside the twenty yard line. Mm-hmm. Again, you know the red zone stuff is. I mean, it's that's an actual problem for them right now for whatever reason. I mean, it, again, it's nitpicking because they've been so good. But it, you know, those are the situations in the big games. The you know the, against the good teams that you have to cash in. Sure, you get an Alvin Kamara as part of that. I, I'd, start, I'd start printing up the Super Bowl title, <laughs> title T-shirts and everything. Man. It like, would be, it would be, it would be, it would be, it would be a circus it of, would. Of, of touchdowns. Out it there. would. One last thing too, by the way, you're uh, got a bone to pick with you, Detroit Lions over there. I thought you guys. I got a bone to pick with Bills fans for not backing my team. It's all of your sure. fault. They blew that game against Miami. <laughs> it's not your fault. That's Detroit Lions football. They're not winning games, but they're close and they're competitive and they're fun to watch. So. Kind of like the Sabers in in a little your, bit of your a way. Definition like, of fun is different is different than mine. What, what's your definition in this of fun? case? Skin W's. No, no. My version of fun with the Lions is Playing not defense? watching them and ignoring. Them. <laughs> so I watch a lot of the game, man. I, they already I, played their best week of the year. It was the bye week. They, they can't lose. <laughs> can't lose the bye week. So it's the best week of the year. Their offense is fun to watch. But anyway, they, that yes. was a game. That was a game that they had control of, and uh, they would have did, did the no, Bills a huge a favor. They would have put uh, Miami three have games control. back. They didn't have. They never they had control. control. It went on the scoreboard, no, they, they were, buddy. Look, uh, <laughs> three, four, five touchdowns. They're not in control of anything right. because is there still time on the clock? Yes. They, they, nothing is locked down. <laughs> nothing is locked. And I got a bone to pick with with freaking uh, NBC last night because one of and it might not be their fault, but one of those like uh, one of those ads where it was like so and so let it come back against blah 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 to to win it, and they did it with the Vikings Lions game, which happened what a month ago, and they're like the Vikings uh, moved them to first place in the NFC North. I'm like, guys, are you doing this to spite me because you know I'm watching this game? <laughs> like I watched them lose that game a month ago. Like, yeah. hey, give me a friggin' break, just me giving the finger to that to the TV in the middle of anchor bar and they're, you know, escorting me out of the building, <laughs> something like that. But I, I very audibly said F you to the, seeing that I was like, oh, I've got anyway, sorry. You just like ranting about my team. I should let you rant about my idiot team. Well, I, I think that they're at least off at they're, they're horrible on defense, although they got a couple good pass rushers, but they're at least fun to watch on offense. And in a way that kind of reminds me segueing to the Sabres that I think the Sabres remain a fun team to watch. Um, they're competitive, but I mean, for now, anyway, the Sabres are winning games. And uh, mm-hmm. so the five and three through eight games, as we tape this, they're playing Detroit on Monday night. We're taping this before, so we don't know how that's going to play out, which by the way, we did this last week and we talked about how great the Sabres looked on that uh, West coast uh, yeah. Sabres after dark trip. Then they went and laid a complete egg and shit the bed Whoops. in Seattle. They ran for the bus that game to get back yeah. home. 
Um, anyway, the Sabres are in action on Monday night before we take this against Detroit. But five and three so far this year. To, uh, Saturday, an exciting come from behind win, four three overtime win over the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, Tage Thompson, Victor Olsen each had two goals. I'm going to be honest with you. I watched every single second of Sabres after dark, the four game swing. Mm-hmm. I missed a lot of the Montreal game because of work and Saturday. I just had other plans. So I, I actually did not watch the game. I saw the highlights afterwards. Mm-hmm. Looked like a fun game for you to be in the crowd covering. Uh, before I ask you a question, this is not even a question. I, I, it's a stat. We talk about the Eastern Conference and how good it is. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at the standings as we tape this on Monday. Okay. So the Sabres have 10 points. Mm-hmm. and they are tied for third in the Atlantic. So if the playoffs started today, they actually would be in. They did, yeah. But <laughs> they're, here's they're the funny thing. Out. <laughs> here's the funny thing. Maybe in the playoffs right now today, but also literally they are three points out from being second last in the entire conference. Yeah. That's how good this conference pretty much is from top to bottom, where on Monday you're in the playoffs on Thursday – you're the second worst team in your entire conference points-wise. That's how stacked this conference is. I just wanted to point that out. But anyway, the Sabres remain an entertaining product, Joe, don't they? Oh, absolutely. Uh, the, the Chicago game was fascinating because it kind of – it's a little bit of a parallel with the with the Bills against Green Bay uh, because Chicago's horrible. I don't care what their record is. They're they're bad. Like I, I get like they're – you know, they have 10 points as well. <clears throat> they You know, they, uh, they're 4-3-2, and two, so it's pretty similar to what – what's going on with Buffalo, but like, that's a bad team. Sure. That is, that is a, that's a bad team. You know, Taves looked, Taves looked done. He looked cooked in that game. And I love Jonathan Taves. He's a fantastic player. And I, the only time I noticed him was when he took the holding penalty late in the third period that led to the Sabres starting overtime with a, with a power play. And then, you know, you have two cannoneers on the, on the, you know, at the circles ready to blast home a winner. And sure enough, it was Olsen that did it. But, uh, but, you know, Taves looks, it looks rough. He's had a good season, but like he looked rough that game. You know, Kane had a couple of moments. Um, you know, they got a lot, there's a lot of really young dudes on that team. The goal, the goalie looked great, but you know, that was his first start of the season. You know, he'd just gotten called up, which I mean, I guess, a lot of Sabres fans would be like, yeah, that figures. So they get they get the backup. It's not even the backup. It's the number three guy, and he almost steals it. But, um, but like it, the Sabres played possibly the worst period of hockey, and that includes the Seattle game in the second period of that game against Chicago. Oh like, wow, really? horrible, horrible period. And it was, I mean, it was it was one of those things where you look back on the stats, you're like, Jesus, like no wonder why Chicago was able to jump ahead because it just. Total crap. I mean, and Granado switched things up for the third period. He switched them kind of at the end of the second. You know, he put Opozo with Thompson and Skinner, moved Tuck down, you know, kind of shifted things around with the defense a little bit. And uh, sure enough, everything started to click. And, you know, Skinner makes an unbelievable pass to Thompson on the on the game winner. You know, Thompson scoring both goals, like crashing the net, being right around the net. Kind of out of character for you know everything was kind of out of character for, for everybody that game, but uh, but the fact was they played like crap, still got a W, and you know can live to tell the tale. And, and those are games that in, that in the past you play a bad period like that, it hangs over into the third period, and you're they're probably not coming back. Sure. Right? That's that that that's kind of how the you know previous years would have gone with that team, but. They, you know, they don't give up. I mean, they, they turned it on Chicago in the third, like they, they owned the third period. So I, you know, it was, it was just a matter of time before they scored, honestly, but um, it, it, you know, which is the response you want to see after playing a completely dog crap period. Like you want to see the team just be like, yeah, no, we're not doing that again. You know, instead of letting it, you know, kind of create a malaise with everybody. And then you're just kind of like, well, we're bad that period. I guess we're going to be bad now. And, and, you know, Chicago gets to skate all over you, but like Chicago was pretty bad. I mean, Chicago wasn't good that second period either. Like that's, that's the crazy part. They played bad. Buffalo's worse than they were in the second. So, you know, to, to be able to have a game like that where, you know, they weren't at their best. They, they absolutely weren't at their best, but got a dub. That's, that's what matters. You, you look back, you got your two points and you, you get to be happy about it. Sure. And I, you know, I look at the record and I look at the uh, totality so far of this season, again, five and three through eight games, Tons of stuff on the positive side, and we've already talked mm-hmm. about a lot of it, and it's obvious. You know, Darlene and Tuck, Thompson's starting to come on. The goaltending's been very good. We, we know that. 
Um, what I do like is that they're still winning and being competitive despite some of the young kids, I don't want to say, well, struggling to an extent. You know, Owen Power has been very up and down from what I've seen with my own eyes and from what I read from guys like you and others and, and listen to, you know, inconsistent. Let me stake this completely to be expected. Guys, 20, what, 20 some games into his NHL career. Don't expect yes. him to come in and, and be a Norris candidate right now. I get that. So he's he's up and down. Uh, a couple of young forwards, Krebs and Quinn, um, they've been in and out of the lineup already. Um, they each only have one assist through their first six games each this season. So, you know, you want you want to see them get on the board, although Quinn did have a goal that was called back because of middle stat in Seattle. Yeah. Um, anyway, I mean, that sounds kind of – and that obviously the injuries to Samuelson and Yoki Haro are, are definitely hurting this blue line right now and you sure. know the pairings and everything. But I, I'm not going to ask you if there's concern about power because it's just a stupid question. But what are you seeing from him right now that you say – all right, this kid's got a lot of work to do to be the kind of player that ultimately we all think he's going to become. I said, I made a very bold proclamation on maintenance day uh, this week, which if you haven't listened to this week's episode, please do it. It's not totally out of date. <laughs> now that now that they played a game uh, that they, they played Monday night, it's still, still good. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, the, my bold proclamation was that we were going to be talking about a big change in Owen power about how good he's been. Honestly, because uh, I look at that Chicago game and I look, you know, you go over the numbers. I mean, I, you know, you can watch it and just be like, eh, I don't know about this. Powers, what, 19 years old, uh, mm-hmm. was playing in his 16th NHL game on Saturday. 16. It's, you know, not, that's it. And he had essentially an AHL guy as his defense partner in Kale Clegg, which I know a lot of people might be like, who? Who's that? But, uh, Power and Clegg were a very good pair in that game. Like they, they're you know, the the shot numbers were outstanding. The you know the scoring chance numbers were very good, and that's a you know that's a 19 year old and a guy who's you know basically a tweener between the NHL and the AHL as a pairing, and they operated as the number two pairing for for a good bit of that game. Like that's I mean if you told people going into it like that's going to be your your number two pair for for a game and you know they're they're set up to play that way in, against Detroit on Monday. I think a lot of people would be like, I don't know man, you're asking a lot of Owen Power to do that. Sure lived up to it as far in my eyes cuz that's cuz I mean his talent is superior to Clegg's all that stuff. You know, it's just the the you know the maturity level and the age and all that that's different. But I mean <sighs> It, it, it's it's a lot of like uh like what we what we talk about with cousins where a lot of the stuff the, the really good stuff that he does doesn't show up in the in the box score you know mm-hmm. and yeah it's not like you have to go mining for numbers to find good stuff to kind of prove a point you don't you don't necessarily have to do that with power uh, but sometimes you need to take a, a deeper look when it comes to defensemen uh, to see how they're doing and I and geez, I, to my eyes power looked pretty good. Uh, and when I looked at the numbers, yeah, the, the numbers backed it up. So I, I'm not feeling any kind of negativity about him. I know people want the points, but it, it's it's the way he's playing and the offensive jump that he had in that game. I saw him taking the puck, doing a lot of Darlene like things against Chicago. I saw him taking the puck in deep, trying. You know, he sees an opportunity to get in there to try to get a goal. He's going for it. Uh, he's a lot more confident with the puck now, and I, I think he feels. He's got his feet underneath him now. Like, I mean, it, it's an adjustment. Like, you know, and, you know, Don Granado told us, you know, Monday morning, uh, you know, not everybody goes into the season in midseason form. Like, that's, you're asking a lot of anybody to be able to be in that, be that way. Uh, and certainly for a guy Power's age, it, I mean, you're just still getting used to being in the NHL. Uh, but to see some of the stuff that he was doing, uh, I, I think, I think we're, you know, and this is again, it's tough to do that when he's, you know, he's playing with guys that should be in Rochester. But uh, I, I think we've got to, you know, and this could bite me in the ass immediately. But um, I, I think we're looking at a big opportunity and a big opening for him to really kind of break out. And I think I think we're on the, the verge of that. I think the same thing for Jack Quinn, too. I think Quinn's got I think Quinn's got goals coming very soon. Before I let you go, one last question here. We talked, you know, Samuelson's hurt. Yoki Haru was hurt. Going to be out for a while. Um, the defense, there there are a couple guys, like you said, that belong in Rochester, quite frankly, right now. Mm-hmm. Um, they're doing the best they can with what they have. Do you see a trade? You know, we're talking about the Bills or the trade deadline. 
coming up later today if you're listening on Tuesday. I mean, that's obviously not the case with the Sabres, but do you see them potentially? You see Kevin Adams going out and trading maybe for uh, a defensive depth guy anytime soon? I could. I, I could see it. I think there. I think there's a possibility of that, but you have to be mindful of what your roster is going to be uh, once guys get back because uh, Yoki Haru is looking at maybe being back on the ice within a week. Uh, so he's going to be back, you know, maybe in two weeks, uh, mm-hmm. in two weeks time. I mean, the injury he had, Granado described it as like he has a fracture behind his nose, which is like what, like broken sinuses or something, like broken sinus. Sure, yeah. God, like <laughs> if a puck comes flying at my head, just, just, you know, put me down like a, like a horse with a broken leg. Just it's enough. I, I can't imagine having broken sinuses. I mean, God, but. Uh, but you know, he said he's, you know, they said, you know, Granado said the smile's coming back. He's, you know, he's feeling better. Uh, but you know, as far as when he gets on the ice, you know, it's, it'll be, he said, whether it's three or four days or six or seven days, it'll be sometime or, you know, in that area. So get him back skating, practicing in a week. You're looking at things being okay, more okay anyways, because you know, you're, you're talking about, you've got three guys three guys that should be in Rochester that are up right now because Labushkin's, you know, dealing with a little nagging injury as well. So that's, I mean, all kinds of stuff is just kind of like, it's, it's a bunch of little fires have popped up, you know, piled up and now it's a, now it's a bit of a, you know, a bit of a blaze. But um, I I think if there's a deal to be had, I I can see, I can certainly see Adams making it just because it'll give you more security. It'll allow some of these guys to stay in Rochester because you want Rochester to have these guys. You know, you you think about the development side of things down there. I mean, you know, if somebody else gets hurt, you know, knock on wood, God forbid, somebody else gets hurt against against Detroit, which I mean, uh, I, I mean, I might be talking about it or, you know, just ignoring it. But um, you're looking at Ascari Loxon and being the, 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 the only guy they have in Rochester, Rochester on an NHL deal because they call up Jeremy Davies uh, on Monday, a Monday afternoon. So you, you've gotten well down the path with, <laughs> with injuries because they went and signed a bunch of dudes to make sure that they had the depth so that they didn't have to worry about this. But Rochester already had two guys injured as it was. And one of them is, is a guy that probably would have been called up already by Buffalo in the first place. So it's, you know, it, it, it's, it's an issue to have, but you know, if you go out and acquire a guy who is an NHL level player, you know, how does it work once everybody's back healthy, you know, because he's probably sitting out a bunch at that sure. point. And then, you know, which is, I mean, Hey, it's a good problem to have, but it, you know, you're, you're looking at, it was already a kind of a crowded group to begin with, uh, you know, cause you're looking at seven or eight guys uh, that could, that could have been on this team right away. Um, but I don't know. It's, it, it's, it's very, it's very tough because in my mind, in the like the the fantasy GM mind, I think, oh, Anders Bjork for uh, for a defenseman, boom, done, get it done. Well, what happens if when a forward get hurt gets hurt? Okay, what you know, what are you doing then? You know, like right. how, how does that work at, at that point? Because you've got you, you know you have a guy in, you know, already backing him up in the in the NH at the NHL level, but what do you got behind him? You know, you've got nothing but kids that you need playing in Rochester. You're not going to kind of rob Peter to pay Paul in that case. So it's, it's a tough spot. It's a tough spot because they don't, they're not going to give up draft picks for, you know, to get a guy. They're not going to do any of that stuff. So it's, um, it's a very difficult spot to be in, but it, it, but Adam said, he goes, if there's something that makes sense, you know, we'll, we'll look into it. But you know, right now it's, it's the classic people are looking to throw you anchors instead of life preservers. By the way, I know real quick here, Sabres fans, probably most of them ain't going to like this, but I don't know if you, because the Bills were playing on Sunday against Green Bay, but if you happen to watch the uh, <laughs> Vegas Golden Knights here, your boy, former Buffalo yeah. Sabre, Jack Eichel, holy shit, man. That was one of the wildest overtime goals I've ever seen. Yeah. He skated with that puck forever. Yeah, That's like, God, that's the player that, man, I loved having – Mm-hmm. In Buffalo, you know, again, I'm not complaining. I'm a tuck guy. I'm a Krebs guy. Possibly nope. could be good. It could be a win-win for both teams. But Vegas, 8-2. and Eichel's got 10 yep. points. He's healthy. 10 points, 10 games, 4 goals already. Mm-hmm. That was a sexy goal, man. You just got yeah. – sometimes you just got to give it up. Even if he's the enemy now, you got to give it up, man. That was just yep. an absolutely gorgeous uh, we, it, 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 it was It was super to watch. And it's it's the kind of thing we'd seen from him here. I mean, we've seen him do that stuff sure, before, yeah, yeah. before here. I don't know that he ever 
he might have scored one similar, but not like that. You know, no. not one where he's just he dangled everybody on the ice. And you know, credit to his teammates to make sure that they gave him a clear path to be able to you know because you know three on three in overtime, everybody's one on one. Uh, you know, everybody's manned up. So if you if you get like basically an isolation play like in the NBA, get him isolated. He's got the speed to get around everybody. And sure enough, that's exactly what happened. And you know, Connor Hellebuck's a hell of a goalie for Winnipeg. And sure, he could have done something a little different there to make sure that doesn't happen. But elite players make elite plays, man. And Eichel's an elite player. I, I people hate hearing that. People hate hearing it. People hated me retweeting that goal last night. But geez, give a guy credit. I, I mean, oh, it was amazing. It's but uh, it, it's the classic trade where both teams win, and both teams are going to think that they're you know that they beat you know they got the better of the deal, which what you want you know sure. like, you don't want to walk away for going like oh, freaking guys you know i can't believe they got it uh you know it's like the you know the digs trade with minnesota minnesota gets right. justin jefferson on the other side win-win everybody wins yeah, everybody wins it's it, it just and like everybody... you know stefan still picks on minnesota so like it's it's almost the exact opposite situation that'll be stefan Diggs. you know how emotional he gets that's going to be fun mm-hmm. in a couple of weeks when minnesota comes here to Buffalo. Yeah, man, that Eichel goal reminded me of the old days with, with the Chicago Bulls. I, I remember Doug Collins he used, he used to call it the get the ball to Michael and everyone get the fuck out of the way play. That's, a, <laughs> that's the way it looked. But anyway, all right, so this, again, episode 499 wow. in the can here now. Tomorrow, episode 500, I'm actually scheduled to, unless something happens with the Bills trade deadline last second, these guys end up having to cover something. But Tim Graham and Sal Capaccio both going to be with me for episode 500. First two guests I ever had on the podcast. Sal was the first, Tim was the second. So I'm going to have them both on. That should be really cool. Awesome. Speaking of cool, dude, again, 499 episodes. Far and away, Joe Yurden has done more of these with me than <laughs> anyone else, and it's not even close, man. No Buffalo wins. No Aaron Quinn. I love those guys. But Joe's <laughs> been with me far more than anyone else, man. I love having you on. It's always fun. And – uh I'll bring back the draft at some point when I'm when I don't care if I get embarrassed. But <laughs> thanks, thanks, buddy. You know, everybody follow Joe. You do that already on Twitter. Uh, make sure you check out Main and State Podcast, man. Have fun covering the game again. We're taping this Monday. Joe, busy dude, man. He's leaving his podcast and he's pretty much going right to the arena to to get ready for tonight's game. Thanks, yeah. buddy. Yeah, Appreciate you got you. it, man. I'm happy to be the Tom Hanks of the uh, Talking Buffalo podcast and, and return all the time. <laughs> Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.